0: Today we're going to talk about avoiding tutorial hell. Welcome to the 81st episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I'm your host, Zachavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zachavelli underscore and tune in for game development streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Zachavelli underscore. We also have an open community Discord. It's a place for beginner, intermediate, and expert indie devs. And we have uh, group meeting sessions, we have episode discussions, monthly game jams, all sorts of good stuff there. You can find an open link to that in the show notes. Also, the demo for the game that I'm working on right now is live on Steam. The game on Steam is called Mirror Throne Auto Battler, and it is a 2D auto battler roguelike. There's a live demo that you can play for free right now. Um, and it'll be getting an update here at the end of the month, so, yeah, go check it out. Uh, there's a Discord specifically for Mirror Throne, and I've been collecting feedback there, and addressing feedback, and discussing things with people about the game. It's been a huge help, and yeah, it would mean a lot to me if you just went and played the game and left some feedback and wishlisted it while you were there. Again, just search for Mirror Throne on Steam, and it should be one of the very first results. With the intro out of the way, let's move on over to the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is the part of the show where I present a prompt to the listeners, and it's meant as a 15-30 to minute exercise uh, to kind of reinforce the main lessons from the show. Last week was about dialogue and voice tips, and remember that I asked you to record some dialogue for a game, or just a potential project or something to... Just practice the idea of recording the dialogue and playing with the voice filters and the different takes and acting and things like that. And we got a bunch of submissions, a bunch of really good submissions. Uh, This Game Dev Challenge was actually really fun. I had a really good time listening back to everyone's um, submissions. But as you know, there can be only one winner. And the winner for the Episode 80 Game Dev Challenge is Zenzara. Zanzara's post says, Not a serious submission, but I did try to record some lines of dialogue from our Game Jam game, then confirmed that I hated the sound of my voice, so I pitched it up to Chipmunk Hell for kicks, and this was the result. I don't blame you if you can't hear what the heck I'm saying with the high pitch and echo going on. I'll play the dialogue take right now. Ah, is of my flame? Old friends, you haunt me still. I face his judgment every day. His crowned head regards me so coldly from its place on my mantelpiece. So yeah, as you can see, Zanzara really did take it up to that chipmunk high pitch. Uh This was for a game that I think Zanzara and Harness submitted for the... Monthly Game Jam. I believe it's called Baba Yaga. I think it might have a subtitle too. I think it's called Baba Yaga the Epilogue or something like that. Um, It was in last month's Monthly Game Jam and it is a great game. Like You really need to go play it, especially if you like um, deck building strategy-like games, like casual strategy games like that. It is a lot of fun and I hope they continue to work on it, including adding uh, this voice acting. I feel like this voice uh, filter effect specifically, I think what really works for it, it has a very um, haunting feel. And I think what really caused that was the, I don't know if I'm using the right terms for this, but the um, echoing or like the reverb, I think it might be called. Whatever feels to make the, uh, or whatever it is that makes it feel like it's almost ethereal. I think the high pitch, also helps and aid this. Maybe if it were me, I would turn the high pitch down like half a step. But I do think having a higher pitch than a normal like person's voice um, helps with this. But yeah, I think the combination of a few factors that reverb the higher pitches uh, and the echo effect, I think that all builds together into a very haunting voice. It also has a uh, very airy delivery from the voice actor as well. And yeah, I think it's a good example of building a few effects into something that becomes more than the sum of its parts. So yeah, congrats to and Zara for winning the Episode 80 Game Dev Challenge. For Episode 81's Game Dev Challenge, I'd like you to describe an extremely small project that will help you escape tutorial hell. Later in this episode, we're going to talk about tutorial hell and what it is and how you might escape... And part of that process is going to be designing a small project to work on to help kind of jumpstart you out of it. And I really want people to get an idea of just how small of a project I'm talking about. So I think the winner of this Game Dev Challenge of 81, it'll likely be a project that is really, really small. Um, Who can think of like the most fun thing to work on that also takes maybe only four hours to build? I think something along those lines will likely be the winner, but as you know, the winner is actually voted on by everyone, not just my vote, but that's who's going to get my vote. If you'd like to pitch in your idea or vote on the ideas yourself, you can do that on our community Discord under the Game Dev Challenge channel. With the Game Dev Challenge done, let's move on to the body of the episode. Today's episode is an important one, and it's aimed a little bit more at beginners, but for those intermediate and expert audience out there, I want you to just think about how you got started in game dev, and see if some of the things that I talk about today rings true. I also want you to think about if my method for getting out of tutorial hell is what you would recommend based on your experience. It's a shame, really, that anyone falls into tutorial hell, because I think it is totally avoidable. Um, So if we can just get the word out about it, I think as a community we can do a lot of good and get people started on the right foot when they come into game development. On the other hand, I want to make sure the word that we're getting out about this is correct. So yeah, maybe if you already know a lot about this stuff or you've had your own journey through tutorial hell, uh, it would just do me a solid. If you have something to add and help others, feel free to contribute that in the episode discussion channel in our community discord. But maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself for this episode. Let's talk about it first. What is today's episode? Well, today's episode is about Tutorial Hell. The first part of this episode will be about what it is and how to escape it. And the second part will be how to avoid it altogether. Let's start with what exactly Tutorial Hell is. Let me tell you a story or describe a situation. And let's see if you have personally been here or have seen someone getting into game dev go through this sort of situation before. Let's say you're brand new to game dev and you have an idea for a game that is going to be an all time classic video game. Only problem is you don't know how to make a game. So you download a game engine and you go onto YouTube and search up a tutorial. How to make X game genre in X game engine. Good news, you find a 47 video playlist on YouTube about how exactly to make a project. You think to yourself, wow there's a lot of videos in here and they're all like an hour or more, but if I just stick to this exactly, then I can have my game completed. You start the series and you stick diligently to the first two videos and do everything that the video says. You have it open on your second monitor, and you copy the code exactly from the YouTube video to the code for your own game. You have a few bumps here and there, but it's always just that you made a typo. And the solution is just to go back to the video and make sure your code is written exactly how it's written in the video. You do that for two or three hours, and you take a break and come back the next day. On the next day, you start up again, and midway through the episode three, you have a problem. You imported a model and it's just bright pink, but on the video it has a texture, it looks right. The narrator of the video doesn't even mention anything about it, it just works for them. So what do you do? Your sole source of truth is wrong, and you can't figure out why yours doesn't work. You go to the comments and see others complain about it, and some hero in the comments has a solution. They tell you you need to change the shader. You follow their steps that they mentioned in the comments and it works. You don't really know why it worked or what it even is, but progress is progress. And by doing this, you've made your first divergence from the video. Let's say a similar thing happens three more times over the course of the next five episodes. Maybe it's the code one time, maybe it's the project settings the next. The point is, you now have several small ways in which your project diverges from the video then it happens a critical flaw no big deal you think someone in the comments will have the answer only this time the comments don't have the answer or the comments answer doesn't work for you you know why it won't work for you because the thing in the comment is suggesting is something that you changed back in episode 7 and you did it a different way to fix a different bug But the comment for this video is assuming that you didn't diverge, that you followed the video exactly. The episode you're on now counts on you not having made any changes, and therefore the people commenting on the video also assume you haven't made any changes. Why would you diverge from the video? You were supposed to follow it exactly. What you have is a unique problem. You've diverged from the videos enough to create a matrix of solutions to the point where you're basically have custom code something only you understand or only you have memory of and seemingly nobody else has run into these problems and found all the solutions that you have so now it's your code your project and you can not find a solution online you're just gonna have to come up with a fix for yourself but there's one problem you don't understand how your custom solutions work in fact you have a tenuous grasp of how any of it works because you've been copying from the screen and from other people's comments, but not really understanding actually what you're doing. And now you have a thing of your own creation that you're not sure exactly how it works. You were developing something step-by-step with instructions, but now there's no instructions and you have a problem only you can solve, but you don't know how it works and you can't solve it. It slowly sets in that this issue is over your head. It will take months, maybe a year of learning before you can solve this. And while you're searching for a solution for this, you see another video series. It's kind of like the one you started with, but it's slightly different. Desperate for that feeling of progress, you think, well, I can compromise my game a little bit and make it more like this video series. This video series is probably better anyways. And this time when I do it, I am for sure not making any changes. I'm going to follow this new series exactly. Plus, this video series is only 10 episodes long, and the videos are only 30 minutes. You start again with a new project, and this tutorial maker makes videos that are much faster. You stick with the breakneck speed as best you can, but it's not long before you run into the first off-the-script problem. It's a familiar territory for you, You have an issue and it's not mentioned in the video and you have to come up with your own solution or find a custom one that somebody else came up with while watching the video. You go again through the cycle of making small changes, eventually hitting a wall because your thing has diverged from the video. You hit a unique problem and you don't have the skills yet to solve that unique problem. Eventually in the cycle, you feel defeated. Game dev is really hard and it makes you want to give up. It feels like no matter what you're going to get caught in this cycle. You still have that dream though of making that dream game that you've always wanted to make and it drives you to click on that next video. This new video, it's just for a mechanic. And you think, okay, it's, it's a smaller, simpler thing, I'll just do this mechanic and we'll start with that. You start watching the video on the computer, But after running into yet again another issue, you feel defeated. You go lay in bed where you finished the tutorial on your phone. You don't even have your computer open or the project open anymore. You're just watching the tutorial on your phone because you're going to remember it the next time you open your computer. And you tell yourself you're going to fix that problem when you write the code later. But for now, you're just going to watch the rest of the tutorial and see where it goes. Fast forward in two weeks and you've watched lots of tutorial videos, tons of game design theory, tons of fancy features for your engine. You've seen so many videos that you forgot the tutorial you left on and the context around the original problem that you had. You haven't opened your game engine once in those two weeks and you've just watched videos. When you finally do open the game engine, you think, okay, I've seen the videos, let me just start on my project. But you feel paralyzed. You can only maybe work for 20 or so minutes at most before running into a crippling problem that you don't know how to solve. Desperate for that feeling of progress, you go look up a tutorial video. The cycle starts again, and you're in tutorial hell. Okay, that was a really long story, maybe even too long, and maybe too accurate. (laughs) If you're wondering why that was so detailed, It's because I've been in that exact situation uh, myself and I've seen many, many people get stuck there just by the nature of me meeting so many people who want to get into game development. I'm curious if what I described, that story I told, uh, describes any part of your journey before. Send me a message on Twitter or on the episode discussion channel in our community Discord. I want to hear your stories about being stuck in tutorial hell. But anyways, now that we know what tutorial hell looks like, maybe we would also benefit from a concise definition. I would say um, tutorial hell is when you're stuck watching tutorials, not really learning, just copying the actions from the video. Sooner or later you hit a snag, you can't proceed, you do not finish the project, and you're simultaneously dependent on videos for progress, but you can never finish the videos because sooner or later you run into a problem and you get caught in this cycle. Now we've identified what tutorial hell is, let's talk about escaping it. I think escape can 100% be done, but I'll admit it's not easy. It can be done with a change of mindset, a little bit of personal discipline, and sacrifice. Like I said, this is easier said than done, uh, especially the first part. Let's talk about the sacrifice part. If you're stuck in tutorial hell and you have a long ongoing project, It's best just to shelve the project. I know that hurts and it's hard to do, but trust me, it's better to just start with a clean slate. Plus, that tutorial video series is going to be so specific to that project and that execution, it's not going to get you to your game anyways. Even if you do miraculously finish the entire video series for the tutorial, you're just going to have a clone of that project you're not even going to know how it works, you're not going to be able to build on top of it, and it's going to be built and executed for the person who made it, their vision and their idea. So at the end of all this hard work, you're not even going to have the thing that you want. So it hurts to do, it hurts to shelve this project, maybe you've even been working on it for a long time, but if you do shelve it and learn in a proper way, you'll be able to remake everything that you've made quicker and probably higher quality. So yeah, step one is to kind of take a step backwards and shelve whatever you're working on. Next, let's talk about the mindset and discipline part. The thing that I think gets people caught in tutorial hell is that satisfying feeling of seeing fast progress. And I totally get it. I still make coding mistakes all the time in the name of fast progress. And I'm not even saying that fast progress is always a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing for beginners who want to learn game development. I think it's particularly harmful in that situation and one of your biggest enemies starting out. This is because you begin to value that good feeling of your game's progress over the boring and hard feeling of your personal progress as a developer. If your end goal is make your dream game, you get out to a much faster start by using exclusively tutorials and copying code. When you first start it feels like you can get there really fast because look at how far you got after you just watched this one hour video. But getting to your ultimate dream game idea and being able to build it is like a ultra 100 mile marathon that you haven't trained for. In other words, the best way to make it to the end is by starting slow and finding your pace. And this is what I mean by mindset and discipline. You can escape tutorial hell by telling yourself your personal growth as a dev is more important than the immediate progress of the thing you're working on right now. To give you a few examples of this, uh, when you copy that code over from the video, are you really understanding the code or are you just happy that you have something working? When you're making art for your game, do those art assets really combine together to a cohesive aesthetic that you learned and studied and are trying to follow a vision for? Or did you just throw together some AI stuff because you thought it looks cool? I'm not judging anyone for making these mistakes. I still do these kinds of things. But when I started making games, when I started actually getting better and making like real meaningful progress as a game developer, uh, which is after I picked it up and quit twice, by the way. But when I finally got to that point when I felt like I really was a game developer and I was making progress, I credit a lot of that to my change to this mindset. It can be boring and slow and tedious to learn this way, but I think it has a much higher success rate. So yeah, that's what I mean when I say I think if you change your mindset to valuing your own progress as a game developer over the progress of the project you're immediately working on, I think you'll get a lot of value out of that, and it'll help you go further and maybe even escape tutorial hell in the first place. Now I know I made it sound like it's gonna be you have to pick the boring and tedious and slow path. I know I made it sound like that, but I don't think it has to be that way or at least it has to be that way all the time. Notice I said I didn't say it would be difficult because it's going to be difficult no matter what. That's just how game dev is. I don't think you ever get to a point where it's not difficult. But it can be fun, or at least it can make this learning process fun at the start, and I think we can even make it go a little bit faster and be a little bit more manageable through a specific method that helps you avoid tutorial hell. This method will either help you avoid it as a newcomer or after you've escaped tutorial hell already and shelved that project and just said I'm starting again and this time I'm gonna learn for real and I'm not falling back into tutorial hell. So what is this method that I'm talking about? Well, it's the best method I've seen. It's one that I personally use for myself, and I've seen work for others. And I've even seen this method parroted by other indie game devs and content creators. It's a method that focuses on finishing small projects in a short amount of time. I wish this method had a name, uh, but I don't want to give it a name now because I don't want to give the impression that I, like, invented this. So maybe I'll just describe what the method looks like and just know that Uh, This has worked for a lot of people and it's a lot of different variations of really the same thing. So here's how I would recommend you start to learn game dev either after you have shelved that project and you've decided you're out of tutorial hell or if you're coming to game development for the first time. The very first thing you need to do is have some baseline understanding of your tools. So watch a single summary video or read up on your engine's basics. Just the basics is all you need. Things like how to add a game object to a scene, or how to see a object's properties, how to add code to it, where do my save files go, how do I import things, what are the different sections of my engine called, simple stuff like that. There are plenty of summary videos on YouTube for most of the major game engines. So yeah, this isn't too big of a time investment, it's just a quick little thing know where how your engine works, where the tools are, what they're called, basic stuff like that. Once you're familiar with the basics, stop watching videos of any kind. The next thing you need to do is pick a game idea that is extremely tiny. The tiniest possible game you can think of. Mine was a game where you had two squares on the screen and one started as a color and then the other one started as a different color and you held the space bar to change one of the squares colors until it matched the other one and then you let go of the space bar when it matched and your score was based on how close the two colors were. Anyways pick something really really small like that. This is what today's game dev challenge is all about is designing a project that is small like this. Some good constraints to maybe put on yourself is having a game where there's only one button to control it, or maybe it has no graphics and it's just a text-based game. Constraints like that will really help you narrow this in. Once you have an idea, force yourself to start making the game on your own with no tutorial. If you need help, you're gonna Google your question and get help for that thing you need specifically. And once you have your answer, you're gonna close Google and go back to figuring out things on your own. It's gonna be really hard at first, particularly if you don't have a code related background like software engineering or something like that. You're gonna be doing a lot of Googling, uh, maybe every single step you're gonna to have to Google. But once you figure out how to do something, you'll remember and learn it in a way that is way better than watching a video. I think it's like the micro trauma and frustration of having to Google it and figure it out and type it in yourself, that very raw experience, it like cements it in your brain uh, more than just copying it over from a video. An example of what this might look like is, okay, you have your game project and you need to add your first bit of code. You break it down and you think to yourself, I need to press a button and make this thing appear on screen, right? You break it down in the most simple language you can. I wanna press a button and make a thing appear on screen. You don't know how to do that in your game engine, so that's what you Google. You say, how do I make something happen on button press Unity? Or end it with Godot, or Unreal, or whatever engine you're using is. If you have access to a good chat AI, like chat GPT-4 or whatever's popular when you listen to this, the AI can be really powerful for these simple questions. Just know that the AI makes mistakes for more complicated stuff, but for learning the basics, I think it works pretty well. Remember that discipline, though. You could ask the AI to write you the scripts, or you can ask it to explain it to you like you're a fifth grader. I use the AI, please explain this to me like I'm a fifth grader thing all the time, and it's way better for learning. So you might ask the AI, you might say, um... Can you please show me how to make something appear on the screen in Unity when I press a button and explain the code to me like I'm a fifth grader? You type that in and it'll spit out the answer and it'll explain it to you nicely. And you can even follow up with questions. I think it's a really underrated way of learning. So now we know how we're going to make progress ourselves, right? We're going to try and do something on our own. When we get stuck, we're going to Google it, either look up the documentation or ask an AI or find a forum answer or something like that. But here's the next important step of this method. You need to finish that first project all the way through. I'm talking final everything, final art, final code, final sound design. You deployed the game and got people to play it. And it's okay if the game is not very good. It's your first real try at game development. In fact, I guarantee it'll probably mostly be bad. But the important part is you finish the project all the way through. And you did this maybe even if you got a little tired of the project. Maybe you stopped feeling like working on the project, but you're still going to finish it all the way through because that's what's best for you to learn as a game developer. So yeah, I just want to make that really apparent... Uh, When you're doing these projects, these tiny projects, make sure you finish them all the way through. Okay, the next important thing about this lesson is that it should take, or this method rather, is that it should take about one or two weeks to finish this tiny project. Of course, that number is going to depend on how much time you have. But yeah, if it takes longer than a week or two and you've put a decent effort in, then the idea you had was too big. It is way better to make this first game just be like a little eight-hour project that you finish over two weekends. If you don't finish in that time frame, if it takes you longer than two weeks, shelve the project and start again from scratch. If you did finish in time, and you finished all the way through, final everything in those two weeks, start again from scratch and make another one- or two-week game. Again, make another simple idea You're mostly figuring out things on your own, doing some Googling, talking to the AI, and grinding out solutions. And when you finish that project all the way through, deployed it, and had people play, then you do it again with another smaller project. Maybe this time with a feature you haven't tried yet. Continue this cycle until you've made five or so tiny projects. Five or so of these tiny one or two week projects. After that, you're ready to step it up a little. Your next project should take maybe three weeks or a month. Make sure this step up is humble. I think a lot of people will fail here because they're likely to overscope. They take what they can do in one week and then they multiply it by four and they are like, well, if I had a whole month, I can make this giant thing. It's really easy to overscope in this step. Just make it slightly bigger and give yourself lots of time to do it. Maybe with that extra time you focus on a little bit more polish or you focus on a new feature or something like that. Treat this more like building from a small fire into a big one. You don't want to do too much. You just want to add a little bit at a time until eventually it grows into this big thing. But anyways, you repeat this process, only this time you give yourself a month to make the game. And you're going to do this cycle five or so times. So you're going to make five month-long games. And after you've done this, you're going to find that you have a extremely strong foundation for making games. You've made five games that took you a week or two, and you've made five games that took you a month. And when you finish this process all the way through, you're going to be a pretty solid game developer because you've spent all this time, all of your learning time, figuring out your own solutions. And that's a really good feeling to have. It's an unstoppable feeling that you have. No matter what comes up, what comes up in your head, and the issues you face, you can always make a game, the ideas you have in your head, you can always execute them and make them happen to some degree. You're gonna grind out the solutions. That is a really good feeling to have, and a really powerful tool set as a solo indie dev. But you need to go through this method and learning process, and you need to really stick to it. Focus on finishing the games and make sure the games are small and finishable ideas in the first place. Game Dev Field Guide uh, Community Discord hosts a monthly game jam, by the way, which is perfect for that last step of honing those skills. So, yeah, if you're in that month long phase, or even if you're in the week long phase, um, go check out those because I think those are really great opportunities. All game jams, really, are really great opportunities for learning in this way. The key to this method is starting over from scratch each time and reinforcing those things that you learned from previous projects. For instance, in that hypothetical example where we said, how do I make something happen when I press a button? And we Googled that question. Well, now let's say we're on our second project and we kind of know how it goes already, right? We have an example from a thing we already made. And because we're building this next game again from scratch, We're going to do it that the way we learned last time, maybe we have to look it up again or, you know, look at our old code for reference. But this time we remember the way it works a little bit. And then on the third time, starting from scratch, it comes a little bit easier. Maybe we don't have to look it up. We just remember how it works and how to set it up. We've done it enough times now. Maybe you learned a firsthand example of why you like doing it this way versus another way and maybe why last time wasn't so good, or you're going to try it a different way this time. You can imagine, once you get like 40 projects deep into making this thing happen, it's just automatic to you. You just know how to do it. Essentially for me, building a game is just built on the memory of trying all these different things and trying so many projects that I can just, it just comes to me how to do it. And I can see how others have done it too and compare it to how I've done it in the past and how I might do it in the future. And all of a sudden, I remember the moment I felt like I can take any idea in my head for a game and turn it into something real. That's an extremely liberating feeling. It's a great feeling as a creator. And that's really where I want everybody to get to. And I think by doing this method, it helps you get there. In contrast with the tutorial hell method, which doesn't help you get there, you just get stuck in tutorial hell and. You develop no skills or problem solving of your own. You never get to that point where you say, I have an idea in my head and I can make it. You say, I have an idea in my head, I have to go find a tutorial that is kind of like that idea and then follow it exactly. So that it's, at the end of the day, it's not really even like that idea. It's a different thing. Anyways, that's all to say, I think this method is extremely effective because it's based mostly on your personal experience and not tutorials. This is much closer to learning an actual skill. And Another thing about it is the learning process is never really done. I go back and do game jams uh, when I feel like I'm needing to hone my skill and I think everybody should try that method of finishing a few small games to hone their skill uh, no matter how far along they are in their career. When I'm finished with my project Mirror Throne I can't wait to go back and do like a monthly game jam just to try out some new things, learn some new things, and in general, um, just get better as a game designer and game developer. So yeah, I think the big takeaway from this is game jams are a huge benefit, way better than any tutorial video, in my opinion. I'm not saying that tutorial videos shouldn't exist either. I think tutorial videos are very helpful, especially when you're looking for a specific kind of mechanic or something like that to implement, or how maybe a certain feature of your game engine works. I'm just personally not a fan of a beginner using a super long tutorial video series. I think it's much better for beginners to do a method like this one that we explained today. I believe in this method so much that I'm currently even putting it into practice, uh, with someone who's asked me to help them to learn Unity. And we're going through this exact process together, one tiny project at a time. It's been really fun so far, and it's kind of nice to be like on the other end of it. And I'm hoping that I come away with it with like a new understanding of what kinds of tiny projects are good to teach people. But yeah, if you'd be interested in a one-on-one session like this, uh, let me know. I'd, I am charging an hourly rate for my time, But so far, I think it's been pretty effective at getting this person up to speed and learning Unity in an extremely accelerated way. So if that's something you'd be interested in, uh, feel free to reach out. Anyways, we're getting towards the end of the episode, so let's summarize what today's episode was about and kind of restate our main takeaways. Today's episode was about tutorial hell and how to escape or totally avoid it. We've learned what Tutorial Hell looks like. It's when you become dependent on videos to make any progress. Oftentimes you hit snags and have to start all over with other videos. You get caught in this cycle that just drains the energy out of you and leaves you in the end with no game development skills of your own. Remember, the thing that I think leads people into Tutorial Hell is being addicted to fast progress on their projects. It's much faster to just copy-paste something from a tutorial video, but you aren't really learning anything. Even if you're not physically copying and pasting, you're not learning the lessons that self-construction teaches. In order to escape tutorial hell, you need to start with a clean slate and change your mindset. There's no easy way around the slower development process, but if you value learning over your project's immediate progress, you will ultimately have a better shot at making it much, much farther when it comes to game development. A method that helps you do this is by doing a cycle of finishing very small one or two week projects multiple times from scratch and finishing the project all the way through. Remember, with these projects, the smaller, the better. When you're done with those one or two week ones, you can try ones that are just a little bit bigger and give yourself like a month to make them. Finish those multiple times from scratch and by the end of that, you will have built a really strong foundation for taking ideas from your head and executing them as actual games. The Game Dev Field Guide Monthly Game Jam is a perfect opportunity for those month-long games that you want to try. And remember, during this process, if you get stuck, just Google your answer or use AI or some kind of forum or way to get an answer for that specific thing that you're looking for and stop as soon as you have that answer and go back to solving things on your own. At first, you might be Googling every step, but eventually, after many repetitions, making a game just kind of comes to you. After doing this for, like, I don't know, dozens and dozens of repetitions, you can just kind of generally remember how everything fits together and how it all pieces together into a game. And by doing this method, you'll develop the self-sustaining skills you need to make games and totally avoid tutorial hell. So yeah, I think that's going to end today's episode. I hope this episode becomes, um, I think it'll become one of those episodes that I really recommend to beginner people. And I hope it becomes one of the more important ones for beginners in the catalog. Because like I said, I think tutorial hell is totally avoidable. You just need someone to tell you a better method or this method that works on how to Learn games. I think beginners especially are so exposed to tutorial videos that they just assume that that is the best way to learn because it's the only thing they see. And if it got out that this method became the generally accepted way to learn, then I think it could help a lot of people. Anyways, I hope you got some helpful lessons out of today. Or maybe you listened to the story of tutorial hell and you were like, yep, I've been there. Uh, if you have, remember to leave a comment in the uh, Discord or send it on Twitter. Describe your experiences with Tutorial Hell and maybe even how you escaped. Anyways, I hope you have a good day, and with that, I think I'm going to sign off. I have been Zachavelli, two time survivor of Tutorial Hell, and I'll see you guys on the next episode of the Game Dev Field Guide.